Hey, we'll keep moving because um, on this day, on this week, in fact, in 1996, the first ever merger of a football club um, happened um, in the AFL. Fitzroy Lions merged with the Brisbane Bears. And to chat to us more about it with amazing um, memories uh, of that is three-time Brisbane Premiership player, also played in the 2001 Premiership with Acker and Hart. And that's Chris Johnson. G'day, Chris. G'day, Jack. How you going? Great, thanks, mate. Really appreciate you joining us. Um, but, yeah, as I was saying, like, I, we will talk about the premierships uh, a bit later, but I wanted to start with the merger. And what are your memories of it, I mean, on this week in 96? I mean, it just, it, it seems extraordinary. Uh, you know, it's a bit disappointing. Uh, from a Fitzroy point of view, obviously, uh, there'd been a lot of talk, you know, in the years beforehand, before the merge that, uh, that Fitzroy were going to fold uh, on a number of occasions. My first three years, uh, the conversation was brought up all the time and we'd have reporters asking us questions. We didn't know too much and it was always a white night to come in. But yeah, this, this time uh, in 1996, uh, the announcement was made. Um, I think it was made on a Thursday night at the football show. Um, it was made uh, with Noel Gordon, uh, who was our who was our president at the time, and um, it all sort of set. It all sort of looked set to, for us to go to North Melbourne, um, merge with North Melbourne. I think the deal was all done and uh, ready ready to go and locked away, and then all of a sudden Brisbane came in with a with a bit better offer for the AFL. Um, so yeah, it was all a bit weird. We we didn't find out too much about it until. It actually hit the newspapers and uh, was on the news. So, and then all the little bits and pieces then followed along with it, where um, they then obviously had to take a minimum of eight players up to the Brisbane uh, Football Club, and which then became the Brisbane Lions. And then um, there was, you know, there was fifty odd blokes sitting on a on a list for a Fitzroy. And then, you know, only eight blokes were going to go up. So it sort of brought a lot of players in limbos, but, but more than anything. The supporters, some of the people that were around the football club for a long, long time, we actually just did, you know, not just for the players, but people that had jobs for the football club as well, people that supported the football club. It was quite a sad day and sad week, and, uh, you know, um, that last half of the year was quite challenging, mm. knowing that you we were going to uh, we be at the end of it, and it really didn't matter what we'd done. And um, so, obviously, Mick Noonan, uh, once the merge was announced, Mick Noonan left as well. He he, uh, he handed the uh, the whistle over to Al McConnell, um, which uh, he took on uh, a few years before that as well as uh, caretaker after Bernie Quinlan and a few others. So, um, yeah, it was a, it was a quite a, a number of extraordinary events. As a young fella mm. for myself, it was all sort of, wow, what's going on here? Um, not knowing what our futures were. Um, but, uh, but yeah, obviously all of the creditors came in as well to the club and spoke to us about um, where we're going to get paid out at the end and, you know, did we, did we, uh, did we uh, have assets and all those types of things. So, so it was a lot of meetings around how the club was going to enter into this new identity. So it was quite surprising for me. I didn't expect AFL football to be like that, but uh, yeah. Yeah, part of a merger was quite... Uh, Quite ironic. And you, you're rising star nominee, ninety ninety four. So I mean, it mustn't have affected you and your football too much, or, or did it? Oh uh, yeah, I think. Um, well, well, I think it affected all of us in a way because 
once the merge was announced, uh, we then had to um, put our best foot forward. Not that we weren't, but trying to impress, uh, you know, 16 other clubs or, or 15 other clubs at the time um, to, to, to want our services. So, you know, there was eight of us who were lucky. I think there was Matthew Primus went to Port Adelaide, Steve Paxson. Um, and there was a couple others that went went to different other clubs rather than coming up with the eights uh, as well. So, you know, it was quite extraordinary. We really had to play good football to, to make sure that we were going to be one of those eight or get another contract at another football club. Yeah, yeah. and you, you, you mentioned you, you, it was so close to being North Melbourne as well. I mean, what have you... I mean, obviously, in hindsight, the Brisbane Lions was an absolute success and you obviously you went on to win premierships and, you know, and yourself with all Australians and being the captain and everything. But um, at the time, did you just sort of want it to stay in Melbourne and uh, merge with North or did it, did it yeah, not matter well, to you? Yeah, yeah, well, well I, I actually knew North Melbourne well because they were in my zone when I was growing up. So I'd played a few, a fair few games there for the schoolboys and played in a few practice matches for the under-19. So so I knew what North Melbourne was all about, and I knew where the club was, I knew the surroundings and that. So, so it really didn't, it really didn't um, bother me where we were going, um, as long as we had somewhere to go, um, yeah. and as long as there was some connection back to Fitzroy, and I think that's what got the deal done, I think. I think what happened is, is Brisbane came uh, to, to change the name uh, to the Brisbane Lions, the Jumpers, the song, and there's a few other bits and pieces behind it as well that I don't 100% sure know of, but they were the little things that actually got that deal over the line was a couple of the the colours, uh, the song, and a few other little bits and pieces. But yeah, it was, yeah, it was, Jack, it was quite uh, bizarre. Yeah. Um, uh, we, we would often rock up the football training, yeah. and there would be immense reporters reporting, you know, on a weekly basis around whether we were going to be surviving or not. Uh, well, me. for the <laughs> that is not footy. I mean, that's amazing that you kept playing. And 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 how how physical did training ever get physical or anything like that? Um, as you mentioned, there was only eight of you going up to Brisbane, but and you know, obviously impressing other clubs. But was was training any different, or was game day just this almost just sort of it was a dress rehearsal sort of thing? Was that, uh, was that right? No, no, it was pretty. Uh, I guess uh, credit to the the administration people, the coaches that were in charge, and the players that were there because we actually kept focused on the job at hand. We all wanted to win games of football. We all tried our hardest to win games of football. Unfortunately, we didn't win too many games. We won Our last game was Fremantle at the Western Oval. Yeah. Um, but, but, but everyone was pretty professional in around trying to put their best foot forward. Um, yes, we, we sort of knew that there was, you know, there was nothing that we were really playing for in terms of at the end of the year that we weren't going to go on or anything like that. But, but I think it was around playing for contracts more than anything else and playing Probably playing for the jumper um, and trying that as much as possible. We, we, you know, we weren't up to it. Um, we weren't up to it at a, at a talent level. We just had so many guys from different uh, paths and everything else. And you know, we had some young players such as myself and a few others. But then we had a group of older players as well that were sort of, you know, had didn't have great careers at a club that they were at. But then they came over to Fitzroy as well. We had Doug Hawkins that finished his career with us as well. So so not just the lesser lots, but we had some big names come across and tried to finish their career with us as well. So um, we, we were playing for each other uh, and obviously individually as well, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, that, let's, that's now you're at, at Brisbane. Um, what, what was it like walking into that? Was was there was it different? Uh, or how, how were you feeling when, you know, so pre-season of 90, what was it, 97? 
Yeah, 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 96, 96 pre-season. Yeah. So, that was, it was probably in November 96. Uh, yeah, it was a bit strange. We walked into an environment um, that had been just come off playing a prelim final against Carlton at the MCG and fell short, and they had a pretty well-structured, uh, you know, sort of game plan, who was playing where and all that type of stuff, and then eight players are coming in, and um, it was a bit, at the start, it was a bit uh, everyone sort of measuring each other up and thinking, well, whose position this guy taking, whose position that guy could take, and so obviously they're taking us for a reason that we're going to try and benefit their side. So it was, it took a little while, it took a couple of months to sort of get used to each other and everything like that, but um, but it was almost like a new recruit, new recruits coming in. Um, you know, they've seen the advantages of it, um, you know, myself and a few others, uh, we're probably just in and out of the side at various different times. Um, you know, there were some guys that were keeping regular spots as well, so it was always a challenge. And then, obviously, a few of the boys then went off and played at different clubs, and um, I happened to be just the last one standing there, pretty much. Uh, you know, Brad Boyd, Simon Hawking had, had injuries, which which sort of helped, didn't help them with their with you know with the back end of their career. Uh, Jared Malloy went to Collingwood. Nick Carter wasn't getting a go uh, at the line, so he went and tried himself at the Melbourne Football Club. Um, Shane uh, Scott Clayton, uh, Shane Clayton rather, uh, went to North Melbourne and played there. Um, Scott Banfield went across and played at Geelong as well. So there's a, a few boys that went on and played at other different clubs because they didn't probably get an opportunity where they were at Brisbane. But yeah, it was uh, it was a bit different going coming from a football state to a non-football state. That's just sure. <laughs> it, was it was all rugby. It was all rugby lead, and uh, you know you'd rock up to a clinic and they'd all be asking when when's Alfie Langer coming. So uh, <laughs> that was a bit strange. But, but uh, good times up there. Uh, early days were a bit rough, but um, I think as we got settled. Um, you know, we're able to have a pretty good side at the end of the day. I'm, I'm assuming there weren't as many reporters at training no, either. No, certainly not. Certainly not. I think there was one reporter that reported for, for all, all three channels, Channel 7, 9 and 10. <laughs> so, <laughs> they just took the cut of each other. So, yeah, no, there, there wasn't too much hype around it. And, and it was pretty good, obviously, coming into our premiership years and when we started being successful, it was pretty good because we could keep a lid on it. Um, yeah. You know, we didn't get ahead of ourselves up there. Um, no one really knew who we were. Um, no one really paid attention to us unless you're, a, you're an ex-Victorian or, or something like that. So, um, yeah, no, they were good times. Good times. Yeah, t- tell us about your premierships now. Um, it's extraordinary. We, we were talking to, obviously, Sean and Jason before um, about the 2001 Grand Final, the breakthrough premiership. You obviously went on to win another two. But uh, do you remember uh, what were your memories of uh, beating Essendon uh, on the, in 2001? Well, we knew we were coming up against a good opposition, that's for sure. That's, that's the only one. It's one thing I do remember. They were going for back-to-back. And, uh, you know, they were, they were certainly had a... I think they were on a, on a winning streak as well, uh, a record win, winning streak at the same time. So so that, that was going to be a tough day for us. We, we knew it was going to be tough. We'd, we'd matched up pretty well against them uh, through the year. Uh, they tried to play some jokes and mind games with us, but it sort of didn't work on the day with wearing some tape around their arms saying that we're on... Uh, UV drips and all this type of stuff so that's what I remember those little things and I guess the big thing I remember is just the, the ability to sort of I think we're down at half time and then you know we're able to get in front in the third quarter and then we're able just to hang on uh, to get over the, the in the last quarter but they're great memories and you know the weather conditions were fantastic suited us it was 28 degrees uh, you know the humidity was it wasn't too high but but I, we just felt that we were the stronger 
and, and the more skillful side. Um, you know, Lee had matched us all up one-on-one against each individual against Essendon. Uh, we knew our opposition. We really, really knew them individually as well. Yep. Um, so it was um, it was quite unbelievable. But, um, you know, I was able to run out there with with Martin Pike, who didn't get picked up in that eight, who then uh, went over to North Melbourne. So ran, running out with him and uh, obviously Alistair Lynch, who was there well before the merger but um, yeah good times and, and some really good mates that you, you stay stay connected with so it's great Who, who did you get then? Uh, you, you mentioned that Lee had your match up on players who, who did you get? Yeah I had two I had two uh, or, well I had three players that I was going to match up on um so it was Gary Morkoff, Dean Rioli, and Blake Carousella. They were the three players that I would have matched up on. Yep. Um, um, and then it was sort of like a pecking order from there. So so I was always the sort of the, the smallest one. Um, so I'd always take the smallest. But if there was um, if there was someone a bit taller, then I'd try and take them. But not no no key position. So we really had that set up down in our back half where we knew shapes and sizes. So and ability um, that we had. To, obviously, Mel Michael was always taking the tallest. That was down deep. Uh, Justin Lepage was taking the tours. That was going up the ground. Uh, if Pikey or, or Brad Scott or, or even Chris Scott or Marcus Ashtrop, they, they would always take the next sort of third tall and Daryl White would take the, ner- the third tall and then uh, myself, Marcus and, um, and, uh, and probably Brad Scott would then take those smaller types. So we always, we knew what we were doing. We, we could we could actually structure it up out on the ground for for ourselves rather than having to have Lee come out and all get the run of the send, send out to tell us where to go. We were able to get our match-ups right. Yeah, yeah, and, and you did. And you, as you say, you ran over them in the second half, which was, uh, you know, quite incredible to watch. Um, was it your favourite... Um, premiership that you won being the first I mean the three of them were all different you know, the, 2002 was in the wet and in a thriller and then 2003 I'm pretty sure you weren't favourites um, going into it but was two was was the first one the best one? Oh, I'd say the most enjoyable one. Yeah. Most enjoyable because you weren't expected to win. We weren't expected to win against Essendon. We were. We, were, we weren't the favourites. Essendon were the favourites. You know, they were coming off a, a grand final a year before, and as I said earlier, they've, they've had that massive winning streak. So, so, so coming against a team, you know, and a big powerhouse. Uh, Melbourne Club as well. Um, I guess that was the the most enjoyable, and I, I think because I've had I had a pretty good day as well yeah. that day, so I played okay. So I think uh, I think the first one's your most enjoyable. It's almost it's hard to choose between them all. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's almost it's almost saying uh, you know who's your who's your favourite kid? Uh, you know, out of your out of your children, it's, it's, you, you can't pick them. So um, you know, it's, it's it's very hard. You're just grateful to be in those opportunities and and be a part of something special and share it with, you know, 21 other guys out there on the day and, and obviously the coaching staff. But I, I think it goes deeper than that as well. I think sharing it with the with the guys that were at the football club and that made up the list uh, throughout the year at the same time. So I think that's a really, really uh, rewarding to be able to have three or four years of success and be able to share it with everybody. It's been fantastic. Yeah, no, I bet, I bet. Um, and I, I reckon the premiership celebration, oh, the reunions and everything are just as wild. Um, now, tell us, uh, Michael Voss has stepped back into coaching, Craig McRae and also uh, Chris Scott is still coaching the Cats. Um, but with um, with Fly, uh, we've just heard from Ackermanis and he's telling us uh, great reviews about um, how pleased he is that he's going really well with coaching. Are you as, um, are you as surprised as 
the rest of us how well he is coaching or it seems he's coaching? Well, um, uh, flyleys are in a corner for me here in Melbourne. So yeah. um, um, I get to see him a little bit. Um, but been watching Fly's journey for a bit. And, you know, he's gone through all the different stages of, as, as a senior coach should. And, you know, he's been a development coach. Um, then he's gone to a line coach. Um, then he's gone to a senior assistant. Then he's gone and looked after his own team within the VFL. And look, I think I think the best thing with with Fly that I that I know about Craig McRae is his ability to actually be sympathetic when you need to to, and then be hard when you need to to, and be able to communicate and have that relationship with with your players individually outside. Not not outside of sport, but having a having him to actually know how they're feeling at different stages as well. Yes, he's going to have to coach them within their structure and within their craft work and all that but I think he I think he understands people fly um, and I think he's a good person who actually can actually work with people that aren't really feeling comfortable or feeling great about themselves he can actually boost, boost their confidence and you know I was quite lucky enough to um, be around him for a long time he's, he's there was obviously myself and and, and Vossi and then uh, and then fly right next to us in the lockers um, so so I got to know him quite good as well so yeah. I, I think he's, his ability to build those relationships and and be very calm and level-headed. Um, and, and like I've heard him say in a few practice conferences this year, uh, you know, we're not, we're not we're not saving lives here. We're we're only we're only just winning trying to win games of football. So um, it's not the be and end all. We'll go back to the drawing board and do what we need to do, as he said a few times. But yeah, I really enjoyed him. I really enjoyed the way he's gone about it. Uh, quite lucky enough to see him a couple of times uh, working for Channel 7 on the boundary line as he likes to sit on the boundary line as well so no I think he's doing well Bossy's doing well Scott Chris Scott's been there for you know for what almost 10 years now um, doing a fantastic job down at Geelong just keeps getting wins on the board and you know it's good to see Bossy back in the in the, in the coach's seat Are there any of the three that are coaching can you see them um, implementing anything that Lee Matthews would have done? For sure, for sure. I reckon. I reckon. I reckon what they've done at various different times is, and what Lee done. Lee, Lee hit back us uh, individually, and, and you know, I see. Uh, I see Chris Scott back in his his team in Geelong, back in their skills, and and letting them back in their own skills, and then. You know, I think Bossy and, and Fly will, will. They've got a very simple game plan, um, and you know, it's about it's about believing and 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 helping each other and making each other uh, the best player on the ground. And that's what I've seen happening. I've seen little little desperate acts that happen within Carlton Collingwood Footy Club. Uh, you know, they, they've obviously had to come up. Geelong's always been up there, but you just see little bits and pieces that you just say, oh, that that reminds me of a fair bit of uh, you know, sort of voice or actions that Lee used to ask us to do. Yeah, oh, very cool. And the uh, Brisbane team um, this year, mate, um, have we seen them? And can they can they finally can they can this group get it together and perhaps win the premiership? Well, they have to, Jack. They have to. Yeah. They have to. They, they, they have to get it together. They've been they've been the the, the sideshow or the the support act. Um, for the last three to four years now. Uh, been able to finish at reasonable spots on the ladder, um, but unable to sort of go through and, and get there in that last day. And you don't know if you can win a grand final until you get there on that last day. Obviously, you need injuries and all that sort of stuff to go in your favour at certain different times. But 
But I, I think this year, nothing other than a grand final berth for Brisbane after, you know, being there for so long. Um, you know, they're building and building uh, at various different times. Uh, at the moment, I think they're, they're going OK. Uh, a little bit, you know, when they came down to Melbourne, that was very disappointing to see uh, that performance that night. Uh, it was a big build-up. It was a blockbuster. It didn't play up to expectation. Uh, and that's the responsibility of both teams coming and wanting to play football. Um, whether the game plan didn't work out properly or whether the, the players thought it was going to be, uh, you know, an easy game, but they've really seen where the benchmark is now. So... I think at the moment the way you know the club's gone over the last three to four years, um, you know they had they had everything going their way in the last two years with a lot of the games played in Queensland. They didn't have to have too much of an interruption up that way. Um, so I think other than this year, I think nothing but a grand final berth is acceptable for Brisbane. Wow. All right. So what, what do you expect would happen if if it doesn't happen? I mean. Uh, they've got a pretty. Uh, I think they've got a pretty tough run home, and then uh, you, you almost got to finish top two, uh, the Brisbane Lions, so they get the home final. But it, it, if it does go wrong, well, let's hope it doesn't. But would you see any change or anything if or needs be? I'm not too sure whether there'd be any change. I, I think. I think what what needs to happen if it, if it doesn't happen there, they'll certainly look with internally. What what is the why aren't we getting to that last step? And don't forget, the, the last couple of years have been successful for the Lions. Yep. But I think now they've got to set their standards to a bit higher. That you know, and they probably have. You know, we're not inside the the four walls there. They probably have have set their sights for a grand final. But but I think then you look at your personnel. You basically look at your list and you think, well, who's going to get us to a grand final? Because you know that's what's basically it's all about is getting to a grand final, winning a premiership. So whether it's whether it's boosting up their midfield with a with a more you know I guess a, a Luke Hodge type that was a leadership role uh, within the group. Now at the moment, you know I think uh, uh, Zane Zorko he, he has a massive responsibility on his shoulders. I think uh, when the, when the team goes out there, they all look to him for leadership. And I just feel well, who, who are the other guys doing the leadership? Obviously, Lockie Neal will do what he does and get rack up his possessions. But when Lockie doesn't get high numbers, well, who's the next person to step up from there? And then who's the next person behind that one? Um, so I think there's a few questions to be answered for the rest of the year, and we'll wait and see. And then we'll depend on what happens in the grand final, but they really probably need to push up some of their midfield stops. Right. Okay, well, there you go. Hopefully they're after some... <laughs> Someone in the off-season. But, uh, Chris, we've got to leave it there because um, we've got your premiership teammate, Des Headland, uh, waiting for our call. But thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's been great to chat footy with you and uh, really appreciate your time, buddy. Good on you, Jack. Have a good one. <laughs> you Bye too, now. mate. Thank you very much. Chris Johnson, triple premiership player with the Brisbane Lions and, uh, well, also 59 games for Fitzroy and 264 in total. But uh, was there at the Lions when they did merge with Brisbane on this day or on this week in 1996?